Ultimate College Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. It seems like all the stars are aligning for them to dominate this season. And clearly they have a chip on their shoulder because they're here in that north. I, I think the shine's off punching. Welcome to another episode of the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. This seven-episode series will take you through all Power 5 conferences, the national championship conversation, and the players you need to know across the Heisman and NFL draft landscape. Each episode will feature our local locked-on experts who cover each and every major team around college football every single Monday through Friday. We'll also be joined by betting expert Lee Sterling of Locked On Best to help you set the edge and rake in some extra cash this college football season. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, the daily host of the Locked On Auburn podcast. But for this series, I will be your guide as we visit with over 30 different experts to get you ready for the season ahead. Before we get started today, let's recap. Lee Sterling thinks USC is back, but Texas is not. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are the clear front runners for the Heisman. But you may want to consider the needs of the NFL teams likely to secure the first pick in the draft before locking in who will be the number one overall selection. Georgia and Alabama are on a collision course in the SEC, but the Tennessee Volunteers might be the team to watch. If you want more in-depth insight on the Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC, or want to hear more about the biggest names around college football that you need to know, be sure to listen to the previous episode of the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, it's time to take a trip out east to visit the ACC. Can Clemson run away with the conference, or will the Miami Hurricanes storm their way to the team's first-ever conference title? We've got sleepers and best bets for you today, but first, we'll kick it all off with conference favorites. Conference favorites. We're talking ACC favorites with Candace Cooper of Locked On ACC, Alex Dono, Locked On Kane, and Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Candace, we will start with you. Look, the Clemson Tigers, it seems like they had an off year and folks are kind of riding this team off. Is that fair, you think? Or should folks be taking Dabo a little bit more seriously going into this season? You know, I think Dabo loves nothing more than to be an underdog. So this is right in his wheelhouse. I mean, 10 wins and you're already getting the fired type conversation. He's perfectly content with not having everyone down his throat and sort of questioning him and whether or not he'll be able to bring the team back to glory. So this is the perfect storyline for Dabo because he's going to tell y'all when it's all said and done and he's hoisting that trophy that you doubted him, that you thought he couldn't do it. So I think he's more than willing to take on this role and have DJ be the guy who overcomes all the adversity of his sophomore slump. And it seems like all the stars are aligning for them to dominate this season. Kenton Gibbs, host of Locked On Wolfpack. Look, NC State's not scared of Clemson anymore. At least that's what it seems. That seems to be the messaging that they're putting out. And based on what we saw in that matchup with them last year, I I think it proves it. I mean, what do you think? Is Clemson still the top dog in in the ACC or is it somebody else now? Or is it up for grabs? Now, listen, I don't want to I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but I want to let y'all in on a a funny stat line from Travis Etienne last time he was at Clemson. They played Georgia Tech. He rushed the ball eight times between the tackles for 200 some odd yards and three touchdowns on eight touches that Clemson is no longer here 
That is no longer here. And honestly, it's good for the conference that now everybody is now much closer, including NC State, that's in that conversation of like, Clemson is good. They're still a very good team. Yes, they've lost multiple stars. Yes, they've lost a lot, including both coordinators. But they're still a good team. Is NC State afraid of them, though? Absolutely not. This is not the big bad boogeyman. This isn't Michael Myers jumping out the water, jump scares on you. This is a, a team that, you know, if in terms of the movie 300, they made Xerxes bleed. So we're going to see what happens next. Right, right. Alex Dono, host of Locked on Canes. There's been a lot of energy around this Hurricanes program with a new head coach, with a new kind of culture, I, I guess, that they're bringing to Miami. It, it seems like it's the perfect timing as well with Clemson trending down supposedly. At, seems like the ACC somewhat up to grabs for the Canes. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, there's cautious optimism because you all know Miami has made a habit out of underperforming in the ACC for almost the 20 years that they've been in the conference. So most of like the the smart Kane fans who have weathered all these storms kind of understand we actually need to see them prove it. But you're right about the excitement, Zach. I mean, ever since Mario Cristobal took over, uh, there's just been uh, an injection of much needed discipline that they didn't really have in recent years. Um, they're they seem to be working harder physically. Uh, there are a couple scrimmages in. Uh, there are noted improvements at the line of scrimmage. I think Miami's defensive line is going to be very deep this year. The offensive line, not as deep, but they're improving. And I think anytime you've got Tyler Van Dyke under center, you have a chance. Uh, Miami's running back room is getting a little bit banged up right now, which you know could have an effect heading into the year. But Miami's top three backs who are healthy, at least at the moment, in Jalen Knighton, Henry Parrish, who transferred in from Ole Miss, and Thaddeus Franklin, I think are going to give a nice pop. So hopefully they don't suffer any more injuries there. And I think the big thing is, guys, if Miami wants to be in this conversation, uh, they've got to learn how to tackle or they've got to relearn how to tackle because they were dead last in the country last year when it came to missed tackles. So that's something they've really been instilling, that form of discipline. Uh, and, you know, I know that Miami certainly isn't sleeping on Clemson, who they're going to see this year on November 19th. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'd love to see NC State in the ACC championship game if they can get there. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of optimism, but cautious optimism this year. Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC. Just covering this conference from, you know, a, a little bit higher of a view and you see everything that's happening in Miami. Do you think all that energy and all that optimism, do you think it's justified at this point or is it say, hey, let's let's play some football first? Yeah, you know, I think it really has been an energy shift with Mario Cristobal. I think getting rid of the turnover chain and pretty much not giving you an explanation why was very much good for me because I'm like, what what point do we have to prove here? It's over. We're moving on. We're trying to start yeah. a new vibe here. So I think what he's done, he comes in and looking at him at ACC kickoff, he's very no-nonsense, which I think that the Hurricanes needed a little bit. They understand what it's like to be a part of championship culture in terms of the staff. And now they're trying to instill that in the players. And so I have them as my coastal pick. I think that it'll be a great competition between them and Pitt and maybe even UNC. But overall, we all know coastal chaos is fun, but Miami is definitely making their case with how they have set themselves up here going into the season. And by well, the way, can I add in uh, North, North, North Carolina? 
they, they scare Miami fans to death because, <laughs> you know, still get these nightmares and these flashbacks of, I think it was 2020 when North Carolina came down to Miami and beat them 62 to 26 and they rushed for like 600 team yards. So like before I even start thinking about playing in the ACC championship game, I want to think about actually returning the favor and getting a win over North Carolina because mm -hmm. Mac Brown has, for whatever reason, been a riddle that Miami's not been able to solve. Yeah, I definitely think he had Manny Diaz's number. I don't know that I'll have Mario Cristobal and British Brooks, their top running back being hurt, and they don't have a Javante Williams walking through that door. So it certainly is going to be a better matchup, we can say that, going into the season. Kenton Gibbs, host of Locked On Wolfpack. I think a lot of casual college football fans were a little surprised when they saw uh, North Carolina State a little bit higher on the, the preseason polls. Um, for folks that are unfamiliar with this team, why why could it be their year in 2022? Well, number one, this this all starts and ends with the man under center, Devin Leary. He can do everything that you would need him to do from the pocket. A lot of people overuse the term can make any throw. The boy has got an arm that can launch it a country mile, but he gets it to where it needs to go. It's not a howitzer where you're like, huh, it's in the air. Whose team is going to come down with it? He gets it to his guy much more often than not. Number two, the baddest. And when I say the baddest, I mean the baddest core linebackers in the nation. You've got a bunch of guys to where many people thought, well, Drake Thomas is the afterthought. He ended up leading the team in tackles, interceptions, tackles for loss. Like, what are we What are we really doing there if we're, we're talking about what he is? But then you go past Drake Thomas and you say, Isaiah Moore is a Mike linebacker that's as cerebral as they come. He knows where the offense wants to go before the offense knows where the offense wants to go. And then, last but not least, you've got to talk about the freakazoid of the group, the Clark Kent of the group. He's he's the guy that he can do everything. I'm, I'm telling you, I felt like Sonny Vaccaro watching LeBron when I saw Peyton Wilson play for the first time because after I watched him play at Orange because I was covering uh, high school football at the time, and I asked everybody, which one is Peyton? And everybody in the, the press box looked at me in unison as if I'd, I'd made a cardinal sin. And they said, just watch. Five minutes into the game, I said, oh, that guy. And he's oh, been up. that. He's been that the entire time at NC State. He's set records for single-season tackles. He's done crazy things like drop to a middle hold and somehow make a sack when a quarterback is holding on to the ball at Syracuse. So that is where this team is going and that's the second reason why. But the third reason, a, a receiving core that is returning a ton of talent as well. You have so many parts of this team that's bringing back production, bringing back talent, bringing back depth, things that we have never seen in Raleigh, which is why expectations have never been higher than they are right now in Raleigh. Well, and, and Alex Dono, host of Locked On Canes, there's a quarterback down there that a lot of people are excited about. Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, can he... What can he do for the ACC this year? Yeah, I, I think he can make just about every throw as well. And it's been one of the things that was so impressive watching Tyler, specifically the second half of last year. The final six games is when he came of age. Um, he not only has a super strong arm when it comes to throwing the deep ball, but really good touch on those throws as well. Not too many overthrows. He tends to put it right in the bread basket. And he just processes everything so quickly, Zach. And I know that that was one of the things that the new coaching staff, when they came in, that came with a new offensive coordinator in Josh Gaddis, who was most recently at, at Michigan as their OC. And they were really impressed with how quickly Tyler was able to pick up the whole playbook and kind of teach that to his teammates. So 
Uh, Miami as a whole is in really good shape in the quarterback room because if for whatever reason, you know, if anything were to happen to Tyler this year, they're not going to lose very much if Jake Garcia, who's a redshirt freshman, has to come in. He was actually a high, higher touted recruit than mm. Tyler was when he came out of high school and he's looked really good in fall camp. So I think he's probably going to have his time if Tyler does leave early for the NFL draft and I think Garcia could slide in pretty easily. But in the meantime, I think he's going to make a really good backup. Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC. Who do you think the best quarterback in this conference is? Is, is it one of the two guys we just mentioned? <laughs> Great question. Not to be under pressure here. I did I did have Devin Leary be one of the best. I think Brennan Armstrong definitely makes his case out of Virginia. I certainly think Tyler Van Dyke can be excellent. Um, I think it's going to, I mean, we have so many to pick from. If you talk about guys who are on the ground, Malik Cunningham certainly is in the conversation. You can make a case for Jordan Travis and his run game. And, you know, I think that Drake May might flash and show some good stuff this season out of Carolina. And then Keaton Slovis from Pittsburgh. So he might be in a new system where he finally gets his opportunity to shine. So I don't think you have a bad leader at any helm. It's just a matter of can they have all groups for all teams firing on all cylinders? I think that's going to be the biggest thing for all programs going into the season. Of course, we all know that and we want that, but you know, quarterbacks is not an issue here in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it with, with DJ and Clemson and then even Boston College with Jerkovic. I mean, there's there's a ton, a ton of well, solid well, passers throughout well, the ACC. Not I didn't mean to cut you off, but let's not forget oh. Sam Hartman because Wake Forest fans are going to crucify us if we don't talk about him as one of the best, which he is. He rightfully okay. is. That up-tempo RPO system that, that Dave Clawson has running down there, those players have been in the system forever. Sam Hartman has been in college since before I had hair. This man has been there forever and a day and he's he's showing his experience. He's showing how good he is. Now, granted, he's out right now for an undisclosed amount of time yeah. for an undisclosed injury but when you're talking about the best guys in the conference you got to talk about Hartman as well no I'm glad you yeah. did I'm glad you stopped me there no question about it uh Candace Cooper host of Locked on ACC fill in the blank for me here and then we'll, we'll go to the other guys in just a moment for Clemson Clemson wins the ACC in 2022 if blank if DJ knows how to be the best game manager possible, he just has to do enough. I don't think he has to be outstanding because I think that defense is going to be able to hold their own. So as long as he's able to maintain and not make those mental mistakes and really just shake it off well, Clemson can run its course. Kenton Gibbs, host of Locked On Wolfpack, same thing. If NC State wins the ACC, what happens? What do they need to do? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot that needs to happen right here, but I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that needs to happen is the supporting cast has to be good. Like we talked, I talked about Devin Leary, I talked about the linebackers. They're the stars of the show. They're the big four that their face is gonna be all over the posters and all that good stuff. The guys who are not thought of as household names, they have to step up. Devin Carter and his drop problem cost us the game against Miami last year. If he gets that sorted out, he's a big body who is just incredibly hard to bring down, high points the ball like nobody's business. If him and the guys of his ilk perform well this year, if Trent Penix has a great year, if Anthony Smith comes on this year, if the other guys who are not your first thought, Jordan Houston, that backfield as well, if they perform well, NC State takes the whole thing home. If they underperform, well, congratulations, Raleigh. The uh, ACC titles, uh, the ACC title losing streak continues. 
Alex Dono, host of Locked on Canes. Same to you. The Miami Hurricanes win the ACC in 2022 if blank. If their receivers can catch the football. Yeah, I heard Kenton bring up drops, and I think yeah. that's the big one for Miami. Um, you know, for for those who watched Miami spring game back in April, there were just drops, 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 drops left and right. Uh, that's been a recurring issue in fall camp as well. Uh, the Hurricanes lost their top two leading receivers last year in Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley, and so far, no one has really emerged to be the number one guy. And I think that's been a big thing. I think the number one guy may be a slot receiver, Xavier Restrepo, who's been the most consistent, but they really need one of their guys on the outside, whether it be Jacoby George or Keyshawn Smith or maybe Romello Brinson, who had some good catches last year. Somebody's really got to take over because I can talk all day about how good I think Tyler Van Dyke can be, but if his receivers are dropping passes left and right, it's going to hold him back. So I think that's the big thing. Uh, also, th there's question marks at linebacker. I think Miami have some good linebackers. Caleb Johnson, who transferred in, has looked excellent. And in their formation, they're probably only going to have two true linebackers on the field at the time. So that's going to help with the depth a little bit. But really, outside of that, outside of uh, wide receiver and linebacker, most everything is looking pretty good right now. The Canes are an example of going from sleeper to favorite. Several teams in the ACC are hoping to do the same. We touch on those teams next on the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022, brought to you by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't sleep on We're talking sleepers in the ACC next up here on the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022. Candace Cooper with Locked On ACC still with us, and we're now joined by Nick Farabaugh of Locked On Pitt. Nick, Pitt is such an interesting team this year because I think a lot of people forget that they're the reigning ACC champs and all of this. So how is that? How does that make this Pitt team feel? Because I'm sure they're hearing a ton of disrespect all over the place. Uh, you can tell that they've got a little chip on their shoulder, and they have the experience of winning that ACC championship that makes them very interesting. Because while they lost Kenny Pickett, they lost Jordan Addison, right? Like, those are the two big pieces. They return all starting five linemen. They return the entire defensive line. They return the entire secondary. Like, they return a lot of very key, important parts of this team. And they have a freshman All-American tight end in Gavin Bartholomew. And Kanani Mumfield's a freshman All-American wide receiver transferring in. And they have a lot of talent on this team. And Keaton Slovis is obviously the big answer there. A quarterback, too. And he looks good. I mean, that's the thing. You hear Keaton Slovis talk as, like, the leader of that offense. And you can hear him kind of rallying the troops around him. And, and clearly, they have a chip on their shoulder because they're hearing that noise, right? And then they have that big rivalry game against West Virginia week one. Man, they're out to prove a little bit of something this season to people because, again, they are the reigning ACC champions and, and they are a team that won the Coastal. And it almost feels like they're an afterthought in both because people are penciling in Miami and then people are penciling in Clemson. And, and Pitt's about to say, no, we're here still. We are the reigning defending ACC champions and we're going to defend our throne. Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC. Why do you think this has happened? Why do you think all of the offseason attention has gone to pretty much any other ACC team not Pitt. Why do you think that has happened so far? 
Well, you know, I think that ultimately this has been Dabo's country for a long time, past couple of years, and everyone's just been excited about all the Atlantic teams and always talked about that division and how they dominate. And then here came Pitt out of nowhere, who wasn't highly ranked in the preseason, and they ended up winning the whole kit in Caboodle. So I think everyone was like, where did they even come from? Maybe it was a one-off. DJ's going to have a great year. Clemson's going to be back to form. Though Brett Venables is gone, it's always been Clemson. It'll always be about them. Now, you also have some other Atlantic teams in the mix who are certainly primed for a good season, like NC State. You also have guys like Sam Hartman, who's going to come back and try and lead that Wake Forest team. So I think a lot of people are just saying it's more about the Atlantic and what might be like Atlantic anarchy than it is about the coastal chaos that could just be another another day at the office for them. Sure. Nick Faribault, host of Locked on Pit. You, you got to see, though, where other people are coming from. Like, Kenny Pickett was pretty good, as it was pretty good. Uh, so now, can you replace all of that on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, obviously, in today's college football, you got to be able to score. How does Pitt put points on the board? Yeah, not just that. They lost Mark Whipple, their offensive coordinator. That's another big piece of this. Mark sure. Whipple was gone and, and went to Nebraska. Um, but now Frank Signetti comes in from Boston College. And and this is going to be a little bit of a different pit offense. Last year was the aerial attack where it was Kenny Pickett, Addison, Mack, Kroll, all these players. It's going to be a bit of the running game this year. And Pitt's going to be a little bit more of a balanced attack. And they have five, and I'm not kidding when I say this, five really good running backs in that room headed by Israel Abani Kanda, but Rodney Hammond's coming into his own. They really like Daniel Carter and Sebo Flemister and Vincent Davis, who's a senior leader of that group. They really like this group, and they have, a, again, that experienced offensive line. So they're going to lean on that. So the question is, can they get enough production out of that running back room in the running game? And then also, can the receivers – they don't have to replace completely what Jordan Addison did because you're not going to replace Jordan Addison. I'm sorry. He's just too good. Um, but Kanadi Mumfield is really, really good. And I truly believe that. And so they got another transfer in Bub Means from Louisiana Tech who's a really explosive receiver. And then they like some other young guys like Jane Bradley and Jalen Barnes stepping up. So it's a more question mark team, but they're going to score points on the ground, and they're just going to let Keaton Slovis kind of be the manager. Okay, be the point guard. Do this, do that. We think that they have really talented skill guys around them, and we think they have the offensive line to protect him. The only thing he has to do is not screw it up, and that's going to be the most important thing for them to, to score a lot of points this year. Nick, just a moment ago, Candace and a few of our other ACC hosts talked about how many good quarterbacks there are in the ACC. When you talk about Slovis, coming into a new situation, a new offense, like you mentioned, a lot of change on the offensive side of the ball, where would you rank Slovis as a quarterback in this conference? Well, it's a tough one because you have, I think, a lot of good quarterbacks, even maybe on teams that aren't as good as Pitt, like Brennan Armstrong. I think Pitt's a better team than Virginia. But I take Brennan Armstrong over him. I think Devin Leary is a better quarterback. I think that you even look at someone uh, down the, the depths a little bit. You know, obviously Sam Hartman, when he's healthy, better than Keen Slovis. Um, so I just look at Keen Slovis and think, He's probably on that like border top five, six, seven ish. Like Malik Cunningham has to be in that conversation over Keaton Slovis. Uh, he had a really good season last year. I know Louisville wasn't as good last year, but they were really close to being not seven and five, but let's say, you know, 10 and two last year. They played a lot of close games, hard fought games. And then you even had like interesting young guys like Drake May at UNC has some really interesting traits to him. Sure. Um, so like that is something you have to look out. Tyler Van Dyke obviously is better than Keaton Slovis. Like there's a lot of that. So Keaton Slovis is in that like five, six, seven tier. 
behind Van Dyke, Armstrong, Leary, Hartman, uh, those guys. But I think he's good enough to where it's like, okay, as long as the rest of Pitt can pick him up and maybe he only has to elevate them every now and then, that's where Pitt can really make up their ground. Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC. When you look at other teams throughout the conference that could potentially be sleepers this year, does a North Carolina, does a Duke, does a Boston College, who who's next, do you think, after the Pitt Panthers? You know, I think it's hard for me as a Carolina grad to ever feel like Carolina is a sleeper, especially from the football standpoint. Um, It challenges me because I think that they've had all the potential in the world. They have had all of the means to be a very successful team, and it hasn't quite uh, panned out. We had a Heisman hopeful, and, you know, next thing you know, we're barely trying to make a bowl game. So Mm. I don't think – I'm not sleeping too much on them. I will say that Virginia is certainly a sleeper. As much as people are, like, not really talking about Tony Elliott, I think what he's done for Ben Armstrong and what he could potentially do for some of their really good receivers is going to be, you know, very explosive. So I think Virginia is something you can't count out. Will their defense do something? Who knows? Now you also have Boston College, who I think that age – not AJ Black, my host of Lots on Boston College, but Phil Dracovic, and you have Zay Flowers. You can't deny that combo. You also can't deny the fact that they have a really good secondary. So I think they're a team that will go as far as Hackley wants them to go. In year three, you're hoping that it's sort of all puzzling, piecing, piecing together with the COVID year, the Phil getting hurt year. Like this is the time where we're finally going to see that growth, hopefully from Hackley from a coaching standpoint. So I think those would be my big schools that are sleepers, but like I'm not going to count out a Miami team who, while they have Mario in his first year, are certainly ready to just bring that discipline back and be consistent and ready to celebrate once the championships are found. So I think those are probably my biggest sleepers. But then again, that's why we love the ACC, because you never never truly know and you can make a case for everybody. No, you're you're absolutely right, especially with all these quarterbacks and all this change happening throughout the conference. It's going to be a really, really fun group of teams to follow. Let's circle back to North Carolina just for a moment. I I want to hear both of y'all's thoughts on – the Mac Brown experiment. It, it, how much life does that have left? Do you think? Well, from being a local girl, like a lot of people say, Mac has whenever he's feeling like ready to go kind of contract. Um, okay. I think that's for the second time around, he's clearly shown that he knows how to sell the business. He is a walking brand. He's a walking billboard. He lets these guys. He feeds every. He knows how to feed an ego, right? So it's just a matter of can you get that production on the field? Does he necessarily have the X's and O's all the time? I'm not necessarily sure, but it could be one of those things where a new coaching staff having Gene, someone he's used to, and maybe trust a little bit more will be good ultimately for the program. Yeah. Nick, I mean, from a a pit standpoint, uh, you kind of in the same boat here. Listen, I think that they've recruited extremely well. Um, (laughs) I think that's been the one big thing, but the records on the field just have not followed that, right? Seven and six, eight and four, six and seven. And those were all with Sam Howe. So it wasn't like they didn't have the quarterback. Sam Howe's a very good quarterback, uh, college-wise, at the very least. A very good quarterback. And so you didn't see the results. You didn't get an ACC championship with Sam Howe. You didn't even get a Coastal championship with Sam Howe. And I think that's the big thing is when at some point do the stars go onto the field? And I think that's the big thing. Because North Carolina's always been that team that's been kind of there, right? They're, they're very pit-like with Pat Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi recruited well and didn't finally kind of translate that onto the field until last year where they had their real big year. Could that be North Carolina eventually? Absolutely. They have the talent to do it. And look at their offense. A lot of talented guys. Josh Downs, obviously, the big name of sure. that group. And the defense is coming into their own, too. 
but they need to put it together on the field at some point. And that's the thing with Mac Brown. Where's the game day stuff going to translate uh, from your, you know, in the classroom looking at the high school tape? It needs to translate into results down there in Chapel Hill. Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC. Uh, I got to ask. I guess I don't have to ask, but I want to ask. What does Florida State have to do this year to, to kind of get back to relevancy? Or are they just so far away it's unattainable this year? Man, you just want another fan base to really give it to me today. I think that Florida State has all of the historic rights to be, you know, sort of on a high horse and feel like they are the team in the ACC. Bobby Bowden and his legacy is unmatched, right? We understand what Florida State football means to us. At the same time, with the way they have handled their coaching situation, it's hard to trust that leadership. And then when you can't trust the leadership up top, it's hard to trust it on the field. So I think they're still trying to navigate who their their quarterback is. And Jordan Travis is good enough, but he's like a Malik Cunningham light. And so I think it's going to be ultimately down to can he step up this year? And maybe is it telling if he cannot that it's a Mike Norvell issue? What about a team like Louisville? I mean, we've talked about how electric their quarterback play is. Nick, what do you think about a team like Louisville possibly making a run this year? Listen, I, I, Louisville was close last year to being a lot better than what their record was. A lot of close games. Yeah. And they just the cookie dish didn't crumble towards their way. Now, you could say that's a, a Scott Satterfield thing or that's a Malik Cunningham thing, and maybe that doesn't change because that has been a theme for Scott Satterfield is they have been close but no cigar in so many games. Could this be the year? Certainly, because Malik Cunningham is that experienced guy. He's obviously very electric. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in the ACC period. And listen, I think that they have a a good bit of talent, at least on that defensive side of the football still. They return a lot of the key pieces that they had there. Um, So I think that there's potential for them to be that kind of surprise team that comes out of nowhere. It's just going to be when the times get rough, you know, when you get deep into those games, who's going to step up and make the play? Is your quarterback going to come up to make play? Or is you or you as a coach going to be able to make that right decision, that critical fourth down decision? Because it feels like so many times when I have watched a Louisville game over the year, something has gone wrong in crunch time, in the critical downs, situational football. That has been the big thing that has really hurt Louisville year in and year out. they got to be better there. And if they are, who knows? Maybe they'll be the surprise out of the Atlantic. All right, Nick Faribault, host of Locked on Pit. Take us home uh, with this segment. The Pitt Panthers can win back-to-back ACC championships if blank. If Keaton Slovis is legit, and and I keep saying this, if Keaton Slovis is legit, because the reason I say this is Pitt's pretty much the same team without Kenny Pickett and Jordan Aston. What what are they without? (laughs) Those are pretty big pieces to lose. They are big pieces to lose. But Pitt had a pretty good defense last year. They yeah. did have a good defense last year. They have Kalaja Kansi, Habakkuk Balnado, Servasier Dennis, Brandon Hill. Like these are first team all ACC players on that offensive line. It was one of the best offensive lines in college football last year. One of the best. Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison don't do what they do without that offensive line being sure. as good as it was. And so Keaton Slovis has to be that guy because I think Pitt has the receivers to still be really good. Gavin Bartholomew is a freshman All-American. Kanani Mumfield comes in and is booking fantastic. He has passed every single test. They still have Jared Wayne, who is one of the best receivers in the ACC for my buck. I like a lot of what Israel Abanikanda did last year. He's just got to stay healthy. So I think they have a lot of pieces to work with here. I think they're as talented as they could be while losing Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. And that's kind of how I put this in is they've tried to 
fill in all of the voids. They filled in with a lot of key transfers. Karani Mumfield, you have Bub Means at wide receiver. At running back, you fill in with Sebo Flemister. At linebacker, you get Shane Simon from Notre Dame. You bring Tyler Wilson, uh, who was a who was a FCS All American last year. So you bring in quality pieces across mm-hmm. your across what might have been holes. And then on that defensive line, you lose Keyshawn Camp, but you fill it in with no one else other than Elliot Donald, who yes is the nephew of Aaron Donald. And he has passed every test that he has put out. So Pitt has the talent. It's the question of can can Keen Slovis step up? Can Keen Slovis when the games get close? Remember Virginia last year where it was 41-38 and they were at third and 11 and it was a play-action fake and Kenny Pickett threw to Jordan Addison. Who won them that game? It was Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett. Can Keen Slovis be that guy? Can Adam Mumfield be that guy? Keen Slovis has to be the guy to elevate Pitt when the times get tough because Pitt's going to play in a lot of close games this year. And the question is going to be, does it go their way or the other way? And Keen Slovis is going to be the difference. You've somewhat sold me on them this segment. I I appreciate that. Up next, Lee Sterling will give his thoughts on where you should put your money when it comes to a volatile ACC landscape. Should you roll with Clemson, the favorites, or look to a dark horse instead? Lee Sterling of Locked on Bets has you covered as we continue the ultimate college football preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked on Podcast Network. Setting the edge with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. You can find all the betting advice you need every Monday through Friday with Locked On Bets. The podcast is hosted by your boy Q and betting expert Lee Sterling. Look, Clemson has owned the ACC in recent memory. Can they keep that trend going into the 2022 season? Let's hear what Lee Sterling has to say. And don't forget, you can find more from Lee on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Lee, it's surprising to no one that Clemson is favored to win the ACC. Uh, Their odds at minus 140. What's not to like about this, Lee? Well, unlike the SEC, where I think it's Alabama and maybe everyone else, I I think the shine's off Clemson. I think teams don't fear them like they used to. Used to go into Death Valley and feel like you really didn't have much of a chance. You were just trying to survive and not get embarrassed. Even though... You know, Dabo's come out and said how much improved DJ Ugalele has improved. I watched the spring game. He's a little better. He's he's no superstar. They don't have the running backs. They don't have the Travis Etienne guys that can go the distance in big games. They don't have the receivers that can beat guys one-on-one, uh, that can make a play in a big game, that can make a difference. And even the defensive line, they lost one of the top three defensive linemen for the year. So I think the shine's off Clemson. I think no one fears them. Miami's going head to head with them recruiting wise. Sure. I think whereas they used to hold their own or they were sometimes winning certain years against Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. It's not happening. Even, even in guys that are rated four and five stars, I don't think they're the same as, as these other teams. So I, I think that maybe Dabo has lost a little bit of an interest, maybe because of NIL. And he's won a couple national titles. I just, I, I just don't see that sense of urgency and that sense that, um, you know, the work ethic that that I used to see in the past from this team, their coaching staff, and also their players. So I'm not buying it. 
Yeah, and they don't have as elite of a quarterback as they're they're used to having, and it's been part of that. But still, even with all this, uh, their win total is listed at 10.5 right now. It sounds like you may be taking the under on this. Well, remember, maybe the two toughest opponents, NC State and Miami are at home, and I think that plays into a lot of why their win total is so high. Sure. I think they lose one of those games, and I think they're going to lose another game, whether it's to a Virginia Tech or someone else. Hey, when people think that you're vulnerable, they're going to come to hunt every single game here. So okay. I like the under in Clemson, 10 and a half wins. All right, so Miami is second in regards to odds to win the ACC. They're plus 500. Their win total is eight and a half, Lee. Is this win total too low in your mind with all of that? It's amazing. They've been in the ACC, I think it's since like 2003, if memory serves me correct. 2003, fourth, they've never won the ACC. Mm. So I think wow. Pitt is down. Isn't that crazy? They played, yeah. they played Clemson and got beat bad. And Mark Ricks, I think it was last year, second last year. But Pitt's got to be down. I mean, they lost Pickett. They lost their receiver, Addison. They lost their offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, who was really good as a coordinator. Not a great head coach, but a really good coordinator. So Miami, you look at the guys that were recruiting. Uh, I was listening to a podcast, someone who was at the practice, and they said for the first time in maybe 20 years, Miami has three units on the defensive line. They go 12 deep on the defensive line. So they're not where they were when they won a national title, but they're recruiting guys that look like Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State recruits. They've got a quarterback. They've got two, three really good running backs. Um, I like Miami here. Plus 500. They get in that conference championship game. The line's going to be way, might be six, seven points. If it's six, seven points, would you be taking plus 500? I would. Yeah, I think so. I think so. NC State is next, Lee, at plus 750. This is a team that a lot of people have kind of picked up over the offseason and kind of said, hey, you know, this is the this is a dark horse team to watch in the ACC. I'm not particularly high on them. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think they'll be able to beat Clemson two years in a row. Where, what, where are you standing with NC State? I think they've got a shot. I mean, sure. you know, they did it last year. And they look good in doing it. It was not a fluke. So they returned 17 starters, most in the ACC. Guys in key positions, a quarterback, Leary, makes a lot of really good decisions. Um, I like their play calling on offense. Uh, I'd like to see them blitz a little bit more. Uh, a lot of t- a lot of teams are are, are are getting first downs, third and four, third and five against them. I think they need to dial up the pressure a little bit more like they used to do in the past. Uh, and be a little more aggressive on defense. But I think they're right there. They're not far behind Clemson. Okay. So uh, eight and a half is their uh, their line right now as far as win total. You, how do like you feel about over. this? I like them over. Like I think over. they win nine, ten games easy. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. After NC State is Pitt. I know you just mentioned and listed off like yeah. every player that was on their team last year is no longer there. Their win total is eight and a half. And their uh, their odds to win the ACC championship is plus one thousand. I, I don't know what everyone sees in this team. So many people are high on this team. Um, pretty good coaching staff, but Pickett was the guy. I mean, 
making things happen with his arm and also his legs. And then you lose a, a guy like Addison. Addison could be a top 10 pick in NFL yeah. draft. Um, you know, people don't talk about coordinators. Mark Whipple is a great coordinator, just had a really good feel. He, he and Pickett had a great chemistry together, working together and bring a new coordinator in there. You lose some guys on the defense and all those key guys. You lose like over 80% of the production on offense. I'm not buying it. They're not winning eight, eight and a half. Not going over eight and a half wins. I, I think you make good points. I definitely yeah. think you make good points here. All right, Wake Forest. Um, obviously, their odds have dropped since uh, since the injury to their quarterback, which is an absolute shame. Plus sixteen hundred now. I, I assume you're staying away from this, right? Yeah, I mean Sam Hartman. I mean he's a heart and soul of their team, and then yeah. also Brad Lambert, new defensive coordinator. He was at Purdue last year, and before that, he was at Charlotte as a head coach. Don't like him, and I grade players. And this is what I do in the offseason. It's a really good time. You have to do it now more because of all the transfers. But I'm also grading players on the team that returned from last year. I only had three guys on their defense that are returning that had above average grades. Their defense is absolutely horrendous. With Hartman possibly missing half the season, not going to happen here. I mean, they could lose. They'll probably lose week four against Clemson. And then even at – Florida State week five, if that happens, the wheels could come off. Uh, it's at six and a half for a reason. I'm going under. North Carolina is a game higher than that. North Carolina's at seven and a half wins. How, how do you feel about the Tar Heels? The craziest thing about them last year, so they returned four to five starting offensive linemen. And they had, I mean, gave up very few sacks and protected their quarterback. Four to five guys come back, and they were horrible last year. It was one of the biggest mysteries I've ever seen. Now they've lost four to five guys on their offensive line. They lost their star quarterback. Their running back position is really weak. I don't think Mac Brown's any good. I think the shine's off him too. I'm sure. going under seven and a half North Carolina. Uh, Mac might be uh, back in the booth by next year. Uh, understood on that. And yeah. then the the last team I wanted to get your thoughts on Louisville, currently listed at six and a half. Wins at Bet Online. How do you feel about Louisville? I like Louisville a lot. So Malik Cunningham is a top tier quarterback. Makes things happen, throwing the football and and also running the football. I think he's a leader. I just think they had some problems internally with this team last year, and also a lot of key injuries. I, I think this is a team that's poised for a really good turnaround. So I expect their defense to be better. Hearing really good reports, watch the spring game. Saw a lot of really good things. They stay healthy. Look out. This is a team that can win eight, nine games. So looking at the win totals that we've gone over in the ACC, which are the plays you're most excited about? I like Louisville. I think they win eight games. Wow. Mainly. Okay. So um, schedule sets up well for them. Good quarterback. I think they got rid of some of the, the problem players there and with better health and and uh, I just think that they're coming together. So uh, I like teams that uh, return starting quarterbacks, been in the system three, four years, and Malik Cunningham fits the bill. I think Louisville's poised for a big year. And then in regards to the lines for odds to win the championship in the ACC, is there a line that stands out to you more than the others? I like Miami. I, what's crazy is Plus I've never predicted Miami since they went to the ACC, but I think this is their year. And 
you know, they, they go 10 and 2, 11 and 1, and win it. <laughs> Look out. Um, you think the recruiting's good now? They're top 10. It might end up two or three by the end of the year. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget, we've already discussed the Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, and players you need to know this season. Don't forget to go back and check out those episodes if you haven't done so already. Coming up tomorrow, it's the Big Ten. Will Ohio State reign supreme? The Michigan Wolverines and the rest of the conference will do their best to buck the Buckeyes. Once again, I'm Zach Blackerby, and until next time, thank you to our friends at Odyssey and to you for listening and watching. Find the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode.